Thank you for checking out our sermon here at New Grace. We are excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. It is our prayer that it is a blessing to you. We just want to make you aware of a couple things before we get to the message. First, we would love to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook at New Grace BC. Also, be sure to check out our website, reachingroanoke.com. There, you can find out more about who we are and where we are going as a church. Again, thank you for checking out our sermon here at New Grace. Please let us know of any questions you may have or any way that we can help you and your family. Enjoy the message. So last week we began a series called Established. And what we're doing through this six-week series is we are, we are learning how we can be rooted and established in our relationship with God. Rooted and established in the love of God. And so we began by saying that becoming established starts with knowing God. In John chapter 17, Jesus said that he came to give eternal life. And eternal life is about more than a destination. It's about more than just spending eternity in heaven. He said eternal life is knowing God. And so Jesus came to offer salvation, to pay our redemption, to pay our sin debt. We look at all of those things he came to do. But he came to do more than just give us a place to go after we died. He came to establish a relationship with us today. And so we begin by saying we can know God. And then we ended by saying, I'm going to talk to you, begin talking this week about how practically we can in our daily lives begin to know God. So one of the key things we have to do as we begin to know God and begin to establish and grow in our relationship with God is we have to understand and we have to learn how to listen to God. We have to know how to hear God. We need to learn to hear His voice. See, God speaks to His children. We like to think of God stops talking after, after Malachi. He was quiet and now He doesn't talk anymore. But God speaks to His children and He wants us to know His voice. See, we think, you know, of course, in the Old Testament, God used to speak, but now he's silent. But God still speaks to his children. Today, the only problem is we don't know how to recognize his voice. So we need to understand how to tune in to the voice of God. We need to learn how to hear the voice of God, learn to understand what he is saying so we can be guided by him. In John chapter 10, Jesus tells us, that God wants us to know his voice. He wants us to recognize his voice. He gives us a powerful reason why. In John 10, verse 10, it says, The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. See, he's talking about our enemy. He's talking about Satan here. And Satan, we have an enemy that his entire goal, his entire desire is to destroy our lives. His first goal is to take us to hell with him. But if we accept Christ as our Savior and he can't do that, then his second priority, his second goal is to make sure we don't get close to God in our relationship. We don't hear from God and so he can destroy our lives and make our lives useless for the kingdom. But the, to, do, to do that, Satan also talks to us. Now the Bible tells us Satan is the father of lies. So Satan, when he talks to us, he's always lying to us. 
but he talks very loudly. And we tend to hear his voice a lot more clearly. So we've got these two voices trying to speak to us in our life. We've got Satan, who is always going to lie to us, who's always going to try to deceive us and always try to lead us astray and always try to get us off track. And we've got the voice of God that God wants us to hear him, wants us to recognize his voice. He's always going to tell us the truth. He's always going to lead us in the right direction. He's always got the best in mind for us. And so we've got to learn to decipher which voice we're listening to. We need to learn to tell the difference between these two voices so we can discern the truth and understand the voice of God. But look at how that verse ends. He says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The word abundantly there in the Greek, it means over and above more than is necessary. (laughs) See, Satan, he is talking to us to destroy our lives. But Jesus is speaking to us to give us a life that is more than necessary. Now, before we start getting off on that, he's not talking about stuff. This isn't a prosperity gospel where, you know, the Bible says if you talk to God and ask God for anything, God will give you anything you want. You You want a Mercedes Benz, just ask God for it and he'll give it to you. No, that's not what it means. The abundant life Jesus is talking about that he wants us to have is the life that is overflowing with the knowledge of God, a relationship with God, the love of God, and the peace of God. Because if we have a relationship with God that we can hear from God regularly, we we know God's there, we get the comfort of God, everything everything, everything else that we have or don't have doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you've got a big house if you've got God. It doesn't matter if you've got a nice car if you've got God. It doesn't matter if you've got health. If you've got God, the abundant life is a life spent in intimate fellowship with God. So Satan is talking to destroy our lives. But Jesus wants to give us a life that's more than necessary. Now look down at verse number uh, chapter 10, verse number 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And of course, we saw last week, eternal life is not just eternity in heaven with God. Eternal life is a relationship with God. It is knowing God. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Now, in this illustration, Jesus, of course, is the shepherd And we are the sheep. And he says, as his sheep, we are to hear his voice and recognize his voice and follow him. Now, there's a lot of incredible truth in these verses that, you know, they're taken on their own. They're wonderful to know. We could spend a whole six weeks just dissecting these verses here. He says, as his sheep, we are his forever. Says, no man can pluck you out of my hand. That means there's nothing we can do that we cannot be his sheep once we accept him as his savior. We are God's forever. There's nothing we can do or anyone else can do to remove us for him. Now that alone is enough to, to stay on and park on and say, Amen, once saved, always saved, and we are always his children, and he's never gonna forsake us. That's an incredible truth right there. But then he ends with another incredible truth. He says, I and my Father are one. If you want to know what God is like, if you want to know His personality, 
If you want to know how he responds to things, if you want to know his character, then all we have to do is look to Jesus. Because Jesus and God are the same. Jesus is God in the flesh. So we can look at how Jesus reacted, how Jesus responded to things, how Jesus treated things, what Jesus expects and what Jesus teaches to say. This is what God wants from us. So if you want to know the voice of God, you've got to understand who Jesus is. We have to recognize his voice and follow him. And he says the result of recognizing his voice and following him is the abundant life he promised us back in verse number 10. So these verses, they show us three things about hearing from God. We're going to look at them this morning. First thing it shows us is God wants you to know his voice. There's a big tree in my way this week. God wants you to know his voice. There's an incredible reason that God wants you to know his voice and recognize his voice. It's because he loves you. Because he loves you, he wants to speak to you. God is not silent. You know, God's not playing hide and seek with us. Hiding from us, and maybe if we're lucky enough, we can find out where he is and he'll talk to us. God is speaking to us all the time and he wants us to know his voice. The secret to hearing God is learning to tune into his voice and recognize where he is speaking to you. But here's the thing he speaks to us in a very clear way. God doesn't want us to guess what he's saying. The Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. So God's not going to confuse us and he's not going to give us riddles and give us puzzles to try to figure out what he's saying. When God speaks, God is very clear in what he says. So there are a lot of of us that need to hear from God. We need to know what God is saying. Maybe you're thinking there's a job. Should you take that job? Should you, your marriage is in trouble and you don't know what to do with your marriage. You don't know what college to go to. You don't know how to deal with your kids or you've got these major decisions and you need God to show up. And the good news is God is speaking to you. God loves you and he wants to guide you. You just have to know how to tune in to God's voice. And there's five main ways that God speaks to us today. Now, God can speak to us any way he wants to. God could give you, tell you what he wants you to know by writing it in the clouds. I mean, in the Bible, he spoke in incredible ways. Of course, he spoke through a burning bush with Moses. There was one time where God shows up as a floating hand writing on the wall. Now, granted, you go home tonight and you see a floating hand writing on your living room, you're not going to think, oh, God's speaking to me. You're probably going to freak out and run out of the house, because that's what I would do too. God spoke through a donkey one time. If God can speak through a donkey, God can speak through anybody, even you. So, but God doesn't speak to us in those ways. And look, it'd be, it'd be great if God still spoke to us the way he did in the Old Testament. I'd love to go to a burning bush and have God tell me what he wanted me to do. It'd be a lot easier. I'd love to have, as he did with Abraham, come and have a meal with me. And sit down and talk to me and remind me of the problem. I'd love if God did that. But God still speaks to us today. So how does God speak to us today since he doesn't use floating hands and donkeys anymore? First way is through the Bible. This is the primary way that God speaks to us 
today. Every other method that God uses to speak to us, it always lines up with the Bible. What that means is if you feel like God's speaking to you and he's asking you to do something that goes contrary to the word of God, that's not God speaking to you. That's the enemy or your flesh speaking to you. Because God speaks to the Bible and everything God, every other way God speaks with always lines up with the Bible. The Bible is God's love letter to us. God's will for your life is found in the Bible. So stop looking for a sign of God to do something and start looking for a verse that God can speak to you through. And the more you know the Bible, the more you know the will of God. And that's the issue. Too many times we want God to speak to us when we need him to, and when we don't need God to speak, we're just, he can stay quiet and we'll do what we want to do. We only talk to God when we need him to. But the more you know the Bible, the more you'll be able to discern the voice of God when he does speak to you. But you have to understand the Bible in its context. See, taking scripture out of context is false teaching. Taking scripture out of context can get you in a lot of trouble. You have to understand the Bible is not a magic book. And I've heard people do this. I've heard people say, I just, I needed to hear, I needed to know what God wanted me to do. So I just let my Bible fall open and point it to a verse. And that was God's word for me for that day. The Bible is not a magic book. You know, one time there was a guy who he needed to hear from God. So he said, God, I'm just going to let my Bible fall open and point to a verse, and whatever, whatever verse I point to, that's what I'm going to do. That's your will for my life. So he opened up his Bible, pointed to a verse, and it said, and he went and hanged himself. He thought, well, that's probably not what God wants me to do, so I'm going to try it again. So he opened up his Bible again, pointed to a verse, and it says, well, the, uh, what, says, what thou doest, doest quickly. So you can, y'all didn't get that, did you? All right, y'all didn't laugh enough at that. I mean, you, you let my, my whole floating hand joke go. You don't need to laugh more. I'm going to keep on preaching. If you take the Bible out of context, you're going to mess up. So don't ever just think, I'm going to open up my Bible and point to a verse and God's going to speak to me. That's not how God works. So to hear God speak to you from the Bible, here's what you have to do, and here's what too many of us don't like to do. You have to consistently and faithfully and daily read the Bible. You can't just pick it up when you need it. You can't just say, I have an important decision. I need to have God speak to me. You have to constantly know the Bible. The Bible is about magic. It is about trust. It is about trusting God and taking him at his word through his word. And a lot of people are, I understand, they're intimidated by the Bible. A lot of confusing stuff in the Bible. A lot, of, a lot of stories that seem sometimes don't make sense. Like this tonight, we're going to look at a verse of Scripture tonight that I, I literally spent six hours studying one verse because it made no sense to me. But we, I finally figured it out and made sense about it, so we're going to talk about it tonight. But so it can be very confusing, and a lot of people are intimidated by it. And the thing is, the more you get into the Bible, the more the Bible gets into you. And as we read the Bible... The author of the Bible tells us what he wants us to know through the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in John 16, 13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit, is, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you in all truth. To understand the Bible, you don't need a Bible college degree. You don't need a doctorate in theology. All you need is the Holy Spirit. And as you read the Word of God... The Spirit of God will show you what God needs you 
to see. God speaks through the Bible. Second way God speaks is through authority. Now, of course, the Bible is the final authority, so we submit ourselves to Scripture, but God also speaks through the authorities that He has placed in our lives. Now, the people, the authorities God has in our lives, they're not closer to God. They don't have a better knowledge of God or a better connection to God, but God has given them a, responsi- a position of responsibility to speak to you through them. So pastors and teachers, they are the authorities in the church, and God uses them to speak to us. A lot of times, people have said this, but you ever had, maybe not me, but another pastor's preach, and you think, man, he, he bugged my house this week. He knows exactly what I'm going through. Did my wife tell him what to preach about? Did my husband tell him? No, it's the Holy Spirit. It's God using a biblical authority to speak to you through the preaching of the Word of God. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to it. Romans 13 says that the government has authority over us. It is God's will for us to obey the law of the land. That means if you're heading up 81 towards Pennsylvania, and when you get to to the speed limit where it's 70 miles an hour, it is God's will for you to go 70, not 75. And not 55, you people that go 55, it is God's will for you to go 70. So what if I go 73? Well, you're violating the will of God. Pastor, you ever do that? Let's move on. Uh, If you live in a home with your parents, they are godly authority in your life. You are to submit to the authority of your parents. Matter of fact, that's the fifth commandment, and God says that we are to honor our parents. God says if we obey our parents and honor our parents and submit to our parents, then we will add days to our life. But if we don't, God takes away days. A lot of people die young because they dishonored and disrespected their parents. We need to listen to submit to the authority of our parents. If you have a job, your boss is your authority. But he's not a Christian. Doesn't matter. He's your authority in the workplace. So if your boss tells you to mop the floor, it is God's will for you to mop the floor. Well, I don't want to. Doesn't matter. We submit to authorities. If you're married, your spouse is a godly authority in your life. And I know what you're all thinking. Ephesians 5.22, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Because we all know that verse, especially us husbands. We love that verse. Bible says you're supposed to submit to me, which doesn't mean, you know, be a slave to you. But the verse before it, Ephesians 5.21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. See, marriage is a commitment of mutual submission. God speaks to the wife through the husband. God speaks to the husband through the wife. Now, we have to view whatever these authorities say through the lens of Scripture. And so if it doesn't agree with the Bible, then it's wrong. So if your spouse comes to you and says, God told me that I should have an affair on you. No, he didn't. That's against the Word of God. But we have to listen to the authorities that God has placed in our lives. So God speaks through the Bible. God speaks through authority. Thirdly, God speaks through godly friends. Now, the key there is the word godly. How do you know if they're godly? Well, are they a believer? If they're not a believer, then they're not an authority in your life that you should listen to. Do they, if they are a believer, do they faithfully attend church? Do they know the Bible? Do they talk about God from time to time? Do they, are they humble? 
See, humility is a clear virtue of the Christian life. The Bible says in 1 Peter, For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. So find humble people that you know who are following Jesus. Find people who care more about your future than they do your feelings. You want people who are willing to tell you the truth if you want to hear it or not. Proverbs 13, 20 says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You want to be wise? You want to be godly? You want to know the voice of God? Then live your life with people who are like that. You want to be in a place where you can get regular, godly counsel from people who love God and people who love you. What's the fourth way that God speaks to us? Through a still, small voice. What does that mean? Well, if you're a believer means you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, and the Holy Spirit will nudge you when God wants you to do something. Maybe you're driving to work, and a friend who you haven't thought about in a while, but you know they're going through a tough time, they pop in your head, and you think, maybe I should text them. That's the Holy Spirit of God nudging you to reach out. Maybe you have a feeling to go to a certain college. Maybe the Holy Spirit kind of prompts you to, to go to a, take a certain job or participate in a certain ministry. That is God speaking to you through the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And he speaks through the still, small voice to nudge us to get us to listen to God. So how do you know those nudges are from God and are not a burrito you had for lunch? Or how do you know, for worse, they're not the enemy trying to hurt you? Simple. When you feel a nudge, you run it through some godly friends. You talk to some godly authority. You run it through the lens of Scripture. And if it lines up, and if it's all lines, and this is all what lines up with what God wants you to do, then that is God speaking to you. Because you can't trust yourself. Doing something because it's a feeling you had and you didn't talk to anybody else, you can't trust yourself because you will lie to yourself. You will convince yourself of anything. So you need other people to look into your life and make sure you're not lying to yourself. And how's the last way God speaks to us? Through our circumstances. God opens some doors in our lives, and God closes other doors in our lives. Now, <coughs> sometimes things work out where it's obvious what we are supposed to do, but this is the least reliable way that God speaks to us. God does speak through circumstances, but it is the least reliable one. It's the one you should trust the least, but it's the one we trust the most. Oh, it's all working out so easy. It must be the will of God. Oftentimes, the will of God is not easy. God doesn't ask us to do stuff that's easy. Because if it's easy, we don't need God. If it's easy and it makes sense and it's a perfect scenario, then we don't need God. Now, can God work through circumstances? Certainly. But we've got to be careful that we're not trusting just the circumstances. God wants us to trust him, and we don't trust him when everything has fallen into place. So when determining the voice of God, listen to the Bible, listen to godly authority, listen to godly friends, listen to the Holy Spirit and look at your circumstances. What's the second thing God's teaching us here? Not only God wants us to hear his voice, but secondly, God wants to spend time with you. As we spend time with God, we get to know him and we learn to hear his voice. And the more you're in church, 
The more you listen to sermons, the more you spend time with godly friends, the more you get to know Him and you, you spend time in His Word, the more you, you are with Him, you get to recognize His voice when He talks to you. You know, when Jesus says He's a shepherd, it's a different scenario than what we think about today. When we think about shepherding today, we think about some guy out in the field with a dog. And the dog does most of the work. The dog runs around and makes sure the sheep are not jumping off a cliff. And the dog kind of corrals the sheep and makes them go in the right in the right direction. But that's not the culture that Jesus was talking about in this day. And again, you have to understand the context. During this time, when a sheep was born, the shepherd would put the lamb on his shoulders and carry the lamb for several days. Now, the lamb could walk. It was fine. But he carried the lamb. He, he kept it safe. He took it where it needed to go. And this allowed the lamb to get to know the shepherd. It allowed the lamb to become familiar with the voice of the shepherd. He learned to trust the shepherd. He learned to recognize the shepherd's voice. And so after a few days... The shepherd would put the lamb down with the rest of the sheep. But from that point on, all that shepherd had to do was call that lamb, and that lamb would hear his voice, recognize his voice, and follow him because he had gotten to know him because he spent time with him. And as the lamb knew his voice, he trusted his voice. So if you want to know the voice of God, you have to spend time with God. You have to spend time reading your Bible, listening to good music, spending time with godly friends, attending church faithfully. You've got to spend time with Him. And the more you are with Him, the more you get to know Him. Spend time with God, and you will know His voice and follow Him wherever He leads you. And that brings us to our third point. God wants to answer your questions. Now, what we've been talking about up to this point were generic ways that God speaks to us, but... We all have specific things we want answered from God. We all have specific questions. God, should I take this job? God, should I go to this college? God, should I marry this woman? God, should I join this ministry? God, should I buy this house? We all have these specific questions we want God to answer. So how do we know that God is specifically speaking to us? You're not going to like this one. But God wants to answer your specific questions, and he does. But to hear him answer the specific questions, you have to listen to him daily as he tells you the general things to do. And here's where most of us run into trouble. We don't ever ask God a question. We don't ever want to hear from God until we have a specific need. I've got a big decision to make. I don't know what to do. I need to go to God. And we talk to God for the first time in six months and expect God to just answer us right away. Oh, this is what you're... Thanks for talking to me this year. Here's what you're supposed to do. And that's not how God works. If you want to hear God answer the specific questions of life, you have to listen to Him daily in the general things to do. And if you hear God and do the general things He says, then you'll know the specific things to do when he tells you to do them. And there are a lot of general things that God asks all of us to do that are in the will of God. Now, all of us believe that it's God's will to be faithful to church. Now, I know a lot of us wake up on Sunday morning and decide if we're going to go to church or not. But we don't wake up and say, is it God's will for me to go to church? No, we know it's God's will for us to go to church. We know it's God's will for us to be faithful to the house of God. 
All of us know it is God's will to have a faithful prayer life. God says over and over, men are to always to pray. Pray without ceasing. We know it is God's will for us to have a faithful prayer life. All of us know it is God's will for us to have godly friends. The Bible says iron sharpeneth iron. God wants us to have friends that encourage us and lift us up and point us to him. So we know it's God's will for us to have godly friends. All of us know it's God's will for us to study the Bible. All of us know it's God's will for us to live a holy life. Be ye holy, for I am holy. All of us know it's God's will to stay faithful to our spouse. All of us know it's God's will to give generously to his work. All of us know it is God's will for us to love others. These are things, these are the general will of God for all of his children. And as we do those general things we, that we know are God's will, when it's time for a specific decision, God reveals his will to us. But if we're not doing those general things, if we're not living a holy life, if we're not faithful to our spouse, if we're not faithful to church, if we're not giving, if we're not serving, if we're not doing the general things God wants us to do when it comes to specific questions, God will not answer us. Because God says that all those things that we're not doing, those are sin. And God says with sin in our life, we cannot hear from heaven. He says, I will not hear you when you've got iniquity in your heart. So as we do the general will of God and obey God in the general things that we know are right and we know are true and we know are good, when the specific things come, God speaks to us. When, God, when it's time to make those specific decisions, God will tell you what to do and you'll recognize his voice. Why? Because you've been listening to him every day anyway. You've spent time with him. You've talked to him. You've heard his voice. You've become familiar with the voice of God. So when he speaks to you, you listen. See, God wants to answer your questions, but you have to listen to the normal things in order to hear him. See, in John 10.10, Jesus tells us that he wants us to give us, to give us an abundant life, a life that is over and above normal, a life that is overflowing. That doesn't mean he wants to give us a whole bunch of stuff. It means he wants our life overflowing with knowing God and hearing God. And if we're going to experience that, we need to learn to recognize his voice, and we need to learn to listen when he speaks.